Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome. I'm Shopkeeper Dan, and with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How you doing, Kyle? Uh, been better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never know how to answer that. I never know what to say. <laughs> you never know how you're doing. Uh, yeah, we're sitting down. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, and I'm going to relive some horrible memories. So, I mean, <laughs> how good can you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I wish that all weeks could be great weeks, but they are not. We've got a hair-raising, manic, rousing show for you today. But first off, uh, Kyle, we got some big news. We have our first official sponsor. That is right. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit? All right. Allow me to plug the sponsor. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience and has helped thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgages, Sue can help. She's licensed in 25 states and growing. So reach out and see what she can do for you. The, the best way to reach her is to just send her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. And make sure you tell her two bulls sent you. Uh, that email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com for all your mortgage needs. And we'll put a link to that in the uh, description. So. Absolutely, the episode description. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I've known Sue for so many years. And I know you've yeah. known her even longer. Her company has done uh, all of my mortgages basically since uh, the first house I bought in 2008. And uh, yeah, they've done a fantastic job with it. One of the great things about her too, is even if you've, uh, if you've already got a mortgage through somebody else and you're not sure if the, uh, the, it's a good deal, she'll take the time to, to go over it with you, explain the, uh, the fees. And uh, she'll tell you if you got something that, you know, better than what she can do or she'll beat it. Yeah. She just, she just does a great job of matching people to the best mortgage product for them and their needs. Yeah, and then uh, they also know how to do VA loans, which is huge. Yeah, a lot of times you deal with lenders that don't understand all the intricacies of that. She's helped with you know a few of the ones that I've done using that uh, that type of mortgage vehicle. All right, well that that's just fantastic. So yeah, listeners, you now have a fantastic mortgage lender in your corner that you can reach out to. Tell her two bulls sent you. She's going to take care of you. It's going to be great. And thanks to our listeners for getting us to this point where we actually have a sponsorship. I mean, this is we're growing. You guys are helping out. Thank you so much for helping us, uh, you know, make this dream a reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love you guys. All right, moving on. We got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than the number six in a room full of nines. <laughs> that's the one we went with. <laughs> oh, that's dirty. <laughs> well, I mean, I could say we got more options than pizza has toppings, but, you know, it didn't have that... <laughs> sexual connotation. Doesn't, doesn't have the pizzazz. <laughs> doesn't have the pizzazz. 
<laughs> oh, and as always, reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can find us. If you're old school, you can send us an email, bulls at financialineptitude.com. Or, you know, now we've got that phone number. You can reach out to us on the phone, uh, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Maybe you want to just tell us about a terrible trade you made based on something we said. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. We've also got a new tip line uh, email address. If you uh, got a hot tip that you want to give us, uh, that would be just the tips at financialineptitude.com. <laughs> just the tips. Yeah. That one came to me in a dream. I was really, really happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we get this thing going? Uh, I think we plugged enough stuff. Well, first, we had somebody reach out to us through, uh, through, oh, through Financial Aptitude. That is right. Uh, let me uh, pull up the message. Scott from Tucson writes us uh, with a question about his 401k loan. Uh, last month, uh, he was thinking that the election wasn't going to uh, go smoothly, so he borrowed $60,000 from his 401k and bought into the Gold Spider Fund, ticker GLD. I uh, said he lost about 8% of his investment originally, uh, realizes that he made a bet against the American economy and should be punished from it. But his question to us was whether he should wait for a rebound or cut his losses. Now, um, as you probably noticed from the disclaimer that nobody should listen to anything that we have to say, but if it was me, I pulled up and sent him some information on 200-day moving averages, and uh, that would be my cutoff point if I was the one doing this. Uh, if that drops below that 200-day moving average and doesn't immediately jump back up, uh, that's a signal that, uh, you know, get out of there, typically. Yeah, that is a standard signal. I, if, if I was sitting on, on that trade, I, I personally, I would be looking to sit and wait. I might not even use that 200-day moving average as a sell signal. It's riskier, but... I, I feel like with the way the Fed is printing money, gold is a is a great hedge, and that any any time in the next few months we might see a big spike. Right. No. Yeah. The way that we're just how much have we printed out uh, so far? Close to oh, the the deficit's never been bigger. Trillion. Yeah. You can't just magic four trillion dollars out of nothing and then not expect there to be some sort of consequences. <laughs> right. And typically that consequence is going to be inflation. And the hedge to inflation, precious metals. Precious metals. And and gold's a good one. Uh, it's the classic. However, I will say that uh, that's pretty goddamn ballsy to pull money out of your 401k and make that bet. <laughs> <laughs> so hats off to you for that. Uh. Yes, I, I, I always love a bold gambling man. Scott, hats off. <laughs> All right. Some great listener feedback. We love, 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 love it when you reach out. Uh, but we're going to move on to the results of last week's bet. All right. And uh, listeners, you might remember, I bet on the metals and mining ETF. Uh, uh, nod to Scott there on, on my sentiment. Uh, and, and Kyle, I think uh, what you, you invested in SPBE, was it? BE? Yeah, it didn't move. It's still at like a dollar a share. Oh, CE, SPC. Oh, that's right. I let it ride. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay, so my my metals mining ETF, XME, it opened at 3250. Thanks to Wednesday and Friday market dips, it closed Friday at $32.84 for a whopping 1% gain. Yes, that moves me up to $414.33. I think I made $4. (laughs) So what did uh, Virgin Galactic do? SPCE, not B. Yeah, they opened the week at $29.57, and they closed the week at $32.04. They're up 8.3% this week, which, because Kyle carried over his bet, he he doubled down and said, I'm going to keep SPCE. That puts him up a total of 16% since he originally bought in, uh, which which moves his tally up to $581.06. However, there was an additional bet. Yes. Yes, the there side was. Bet. What was the side bet, Kyle? Why don't you tell us about it, Dan? Oh, you want me Why to? Why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> okay. I want you to relive this. <laughs> oh, the pain. So GameStop had their earnings this week, and Kyle and I made a $50 side bet from our going bet totals. 
Kyle bet that GameStop was going to drop. I bet GameStop was going to go up. And we were both glued to our screens on, what was it, Wednesday? I believe that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it ended up rising right before the oh, release God. at uh, almost right. $18 a share. It's so exciting. <laughs> And then reality set in. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I was watching it, and I was with Jen, and I turned to my partner, Jen, and I was like, oh, Jen, I love this so much. I just won my side bet with Kyle. Look, they're up 10%. They must have had great earnings. Because I was just watching the price. I I wasn't actually paying attention to anything GME, anything the GameStop people were saying. And uh, and then I put my phone down, and we went to lunch, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, and then they actually released their earnings and GameStop dropped, 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 dropped. What did they finish the uh, the day off at? The day after earnings? I didn't even look it up. <laughs> Not even worth it? <laughs> uh, I lost. I lost. I don't need to know how much how much percentage they went down. It was quite a bit. If you shorted that stock, you were doing pretty well. Yes. Let's say that. Yes. Uh, so that moves, uh, because it was a uh, $50 bet, that moves our running bet totals for December. So I'm at the humble sum of $364.33. I've almost lost 30%. Uh, and Kyle moves up to $631.06. I have a sneaky yeah. suspicion I'm going to have to make a new profile pick come January. <laughs> oh, no, I've got some different ideas. I've been uh, kicking around a few few really good ones. So hopefully this holds because, man, I'm looking forward to running to trying one of these out here. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't want to give any I don't want to give any spoilers out, but uh, this one should be pretty good. All right. So, uh, w- of course, we're, we're going to wrap up the, the episode with a new bet. And I'm crossing my fingers that I pick a stock that goes up at least 120% next week. Might have to bet on some options. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to bring us right into the next section of the news. Cue the music. Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good story so my margin grows. I want you listen to all our news. You might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. Boom, boom. All right. So to me, the biggest news of the week is the stupid, stupid stimulus seesaw. I hate that we're back in this. It's a goddamn Roch and Rachel you know, from Friends. Will they, won't they bullshit. Will they, won't they. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> And, and in fact, I think if McConnell and Pelosi just fuck, just just did the deed, if they just got it over with and fucked and got all that sexual tension out of the room, <laughs> we'd be okay, and they could get this stimulus deal done. But no, no. Oh, that's no. so gross to think about. <laughs> so if you're following along, as I'm sure most of America is, uh, it's a back and forth of Pelosi, you're not doing enough stimulus in, in McConnell. You're doing too much. Well, the biggest contention right now is uh, is on the uh, corporation protections, isn't it? Like McConnell wants some kind of liability protections for these companies that are bringing people back to work. And that's kind of an, it seems like that's right. a no-go for the Democrats. And then uh, there's also the, the problem with how much money they're giving to the states. Uh, McConnell wants to not fund a bunch of bankrupt blue states. Whereas yeah. Pelosi is saying yeah. that's where all the people are and that's where the epidemics are the worst and, you know, they need some goddamn money to, to get to, through this. To me, I honestly, I look at it, okay, I'm going to give uh, you listeners your first taste of Two Bulls in a China Shop Theater. This is Dan's representation of the stimulus talks. It's so cold, Papa. Is there more stimulus wood for the fire? Well, your mother says I don't want to put enough stimulus wood on the fire, and I say she wants to put too much stimulus wood on the fire. So we've both decided if we can't agree on the amount of stimulus, we shouldn't do anything at all. End scene. Just give us some damn wood for the fire. (laughs) Can you do that again without the voice? (laughs) I feel like that was a little too uh, theatrical. (laughs) I'll do it, but I can't guarantee which one's going to make the episode. So yeah, there's a lot of sticking points, and, and you, you're, you you nailed it, Kyle. It's we don't want to give businesses immunity from lawsuits, and then the other side saying we don't want to give states too much aid to to keep themselves running. It's it's just a big mess. 
And I, I feel like part of the, that stupid gridlock that's happening when everything political, and this isn't a political show, I'm not trying to get too political, political, but when both sides are saying all or nothing, nothing gets done. And that, that's, that's, right. that's the point I'm trying to make with the, the theater. I don't even care if it happens or not. I just want to know one way or the other. The market, this market seesaw that keeps happening every time there's a hint of possibility the stimulus is going to happen, everything jumps, only to find out that McConnell says no, and then everything drops again. It's just, it's nerve-wracking. It's it's too much. It's too much. And it's destroying my options positions, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, what else we got on the uh, the news uh, list here to go through? One of the things that uh, we got, we got vaccines on the way. We, you and I were actually texting Thursday night that uh, Pfizer vaccine had passed the FDA approval process. And my reaction was great. Some good news. Maybe tomorrow the market will be up. Guess what we learned, though? We just learned that the vaccine is less important to the country or at least the stock market than fucking stimulus. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is what we learned. How the hell does that work? Yeah. Yeah, because here we are recording this on Saturday. The vaccines are not only approved, we've got CVS and Walgreens both saying by Christmas we'll have vaccines and we'll be, we'll be giving people vaccines. That's huge news. By the 21st, I think, was the latest date I saw. Less than 10 days. Yes, yeah, CVS said the 21st. Walgreens said by, by Christmas. 12 days. We're going to start seeing vaccines in 12 days? That's huge positive news. This has been weighing on us all year, this pandemic, the entire world. And and still, it's the stimulus talks that are driving us down. Because Friday, mm, big dip. Yeah, we saw big dips yep. Wednesday and Friday. Uh, if you're watching the markets, you already know. It's not news to you. Uh, but it's just pain, pain, pain. It's annoying. It's just annoying to watch your stock shoot up and then just crash back down again. Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, though, vaccines get out by the end of the month. We, we're, we're seeing the end of the tunnel. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're almost out of this, this crazy pandemic business. Yes. I would love to quit talking about it. Me too. And on that note, Kyle, what, what, uh, what kind of news we got going on over on your end? I've got uh, the Virgin Galactic test flight. Uh, it was actually just finished happening right before we finished recording this. Uh, tried to delay it to get some more information. <laughs> uh, the latest uh, we have on it was that the test flight was aborted. Yes. Due to uh, engine misfire, the rocket motor ignition sequence did not end up completing. Uh, the crew in the vehicle did manage to get back down, land safely. The tweet from Virgin Galactic says that the crew and vehicle are in great shape. They have several motors ready at Spaceport America. They're going to check over the vehicle and be back to flight soon. So I don't know what soon means on there, but I'm really, really hoping that they uh, get one of these successful test flights in before market open on Monday. <laughs> I'm holding on to a bunch of my calls on Virgin Galactic and uh, actual stock position as well, and like that's this is the the moment I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for a successful test flight, so that way I can see some you know sweet sweet gains. So when Virgin Galactic opens this space flight stuff up to the consumer, what's the price tag on a flight up to space? Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a seat, and they've already got seven hundred deposits. Uh, already like people waiting to wait list i guess call it and that's just the space tourism part uh they have multiple spaceports lined up this uh the last test was going through new mexico Uh, i think they're actually in talks with uh, the uae united arab emirates i'm saying that correctly uh to open up another one over there but one of the exciting things about the company uh at least the model that they're setting up is not only are they you know doing the space tourism part but they're also renting out space in their cabins to researchers who want to test, you know, new equipment and, you know, zero G other people are utilizing their spaceports as well. So they're going to collect revenue from that once uh, everything gets up and going. So, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of, yeah. Uh, uh, untapped potential for a niche, I guess, that they decided to try to fill. Uh, it makes me really excited, and I think I'm going to try to hold some of their stock long term. Yeah, that's that's really super exciting. You're you're talking about a, a company that their potential revenue stream is just sky high on these space flights, and it is mm-hmm. the precursor. This is this is the precursor to us taking a flight to the moon to visit the moon base. Can you imagine playing golf on the moon or swimming? Fucking swimming on the moon would be amazing. You'd be like Flipper with the low surface gravity. Oh, yeah. Zip across the pool and just dry off your ankles. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you're right to have a lot of attention on Virgin Galactic right now. This is a huge move in the space industry. And I know I don't currently have shares because I had a stop loss and I sold out to, to lock in some gains because that, that stock through the week, it, you know, it ended up at a 8.3%. But at one point, it was like 20% up. Yeah, unfortunately, it triggered our 15% stop loss on our uh, Friday pickums and kicked out. But that might be a good thing with this flight being delayed. If they don't get uh, <laughs> successful one in by Sunday, <laughs> um, Monday might be kind of ugly for it. But for me, that's just going to be another buying point. If it drops uh, because of the flight being delayed, I'm going to be yeah. buying in like crazy. Yeah, I won't be you know liquidating my 401ks to do it, but I'm not as ballsy as uh, our listener Scott. But <laughs> I'm going to try and scrounge up something from somewhere. All right. Well, what else we have uh, going on, Kyle? Uh, the last thing I had to bring up, uh, this isn't really huge news, but uh, apparently water is now being traded uh, on the futures market. So like same as like gold prices, oil prices, uh, corn, all those other things that you can buy as far as commodities go. Uh, yeah, water apparently has reached the point now where we can actually start buying and trading futures on the, uh, I guess it's on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Oh. Futures were being traded before, but it was in a spot market. Now at this point, that means that everybody should have access to it uh, as long as you have access to uh, uh, futures on your trading account. Right. Anybody anybody who trades futures can now trade water futures. That's really scary. Yeah, and that's just, I don't know, that was, that was more interesting than anything else. Like we've gotten to that point now. I find that really scary because to me, water is fundamentally different than something like uh, corn futures or, or wheat futures. Uh, while we all need food to survive, you don't need wheat to survive. You don't need corn to survive. Everybody needs water to survive. That is a basic staple of staying alive. And the, the fact that it's a, now a commodity to be bought and, and sold, that doesn't bode well to me going forward in the future as someone who loves water. Well, I know there's been a lot of articles about the scarcity of it, especially with like uh, all the beef farms and cattle ranches, I should say. But I mean... Come on, I mean, there's oceans full of it. We have the technology to electrolyze it if we really get to that point. It's just uh, energy intensive. But hey, uh, Fusion's about 10 years away now. They've actually started picking out spots in England for the new uh, fusion reactor that they're going to put in. Maybe that should have been bigger news. Hey, Fusion's coming up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years from now, we might have fusion power. 10 years from now, solar energy is going to be useless. And then we don't have to worry about water. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's all I had for news. Shall we move on to stocks? Stocks! Whoa! <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do a Flash Gordon theme. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not the first time that's happened. Oh, that's... So so we're definitely, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to record that. I'm definitely going to record that. That's. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me grab a pen. Stocks, Flash Gordon. You got, yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. All right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be the new stocks theme song for at least a little while. Just put those stock tickers on the list Go through the charts so nothing gets missed Today's trades, they could all turn to gold I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole All right, well, what do you have uh, going on for stocks, Kyle? Uh, Not a whole lot. Uh, I had my Emerson that I bought. I think I mentioned that uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly rising. I haven't seen any real news for why people are suddenly interested in it again, but it has gone up about 4%. So, I mean, it wasn't uh, bet-worthy, but... Not bad. It was definitely a good place to park some extra cash I had while I was, you know, searching for the next Virgin Galactic or Nordstrom. Saber, one of the ones that I had exercised uh, about a month or two ago, it actually dropped enough where it finally triggered its stop loss on Friday. I think I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I might try to buy back in if it drops anymore. Uh, they're a company that uh, handles the... Uh, I'm not sure how to explain it. Whenever you travel with a company, usually you go through uh, some software that they have for like doing the trip reports and planning and purchasing the, the tickets and all that. Yeah. I think they do something like along those lines. They, they're they the software that companies use to schedule their, their flights uh, with their uh, employees. So they're, they're business to business? Yeah, they seem to be tagged in with, uh, they seem to do along the same lines that the airlines do. So the lack of the stimulus news is probably what was dragging them back down. But they may end up spiking again once, you know, whatever happens gets worked out. And then the next big one I have to talk about was fucking GameStop. (laughs) Uh, We had the bet. Oh, yes, we did. The side bet that I won. 
But you I won. put real money after talking to you. You can miss <laughs> me with all the short interest on there. That if anything positive happened, uh, there might be some kind of short squeeze going on there. So I got oh, sucked yes. into your enthusiasm. Yes. I bought GameStop at like 17 I think it was close to $17 a share. And I finally managed to sell out at about fifteen twenty-five. So sucked down a big loss. Take that, Kyle. Because I didn't listen to my first instinct and logic that I had already planned out and put other, you know, con- oh, not necessarily yep. money on, but yep. consequences. You let my silver tongue get right in your ear and influence your dollars. What were you thinking? That's all right, though. I've, I'm in your head. And we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You have your revenge, and we'll talk about that in options. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, um, that pretty much wraps up uh, the trades that I made this week uh, as far as the stocks go. Not a whole lot. I've been trying to be a lot more conservative or um, picky with uh, the ones that I try to you know, jump into. And seems yeah. to be working a little bit better. I don't have any more of those Armageddon days like when AMD. And I think that was November 18th when I had <laughs> lots of options that uh, were basically worthless and expired. And I had to realize a fucking 26% loss on my initial you know, startup money that I put into this. <laughs> Ooh. Well, because I've been more selective, I hadn't had any more of those. But that also means less to talk about in this segment. Right, so right. It's a bit of a balance there. I, too... As I've said before, I try to keep my stock positions down to only three or four at a time. I don't like it to get too broad. So I, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of uh, upward or downward movement. Uh, it's funny you mention Armageddon days because you know he, he, as, as recently as like a month or two ago that the, the like Wednesday the big dip would have crushed mm-hmm. all my positions. Wednesday the big dip happened. I was I was freaked out and and, and upset, but. You know, my portfolio only went down two and a half percent. That's that's I can live through that. You know, most of my my stock trading this week, the worth mentioning, is is just that I held on to my Farfetch LTD and it ended the week over sixty. Happy with that. Everything I picked seemed to move pretty sideways. I, I didn't purchase any any big winners. I think I think at one point maybe I, I purchased Sundial on a dip on Tuesday or Wednesday and I you know I sold the next morning pre market for a ten percent gain. That was nice. I, I did kick myself all week because uh JMIA Jumia oh, they had yes. a day where they were just up 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 and I was like ah they're on my list of bouncing stocks and I knew to buy when it was down it never really went down all that much, though. That thing has just been... There seems to be something going on there. They're really close to their 52-week high. Yeah, yeah. I keep watching it and waiting for a dip to try to buy into. When it finally did dip, I think I was at work and missed it and it ended up bouncing back pretty quick. That's that's what I'm saying. I didn't miss the dip. I was looking at it like, oh, it'll dip more. And then the next thing I knew, they are shooting back up. I was like, ah! I think I should have just bit the bullet and bought it when I was looking at it at 32 or 34. It's yeah, thirty eight now. Yeah, ah, kicking myself the, on that uh, one too. The the thing I'd like to most talk about about stocks. I I, I didn't make any of these trades. This is a this is just an in, in, informational type of. Uh, this is just me giving you some information, some some stuff I saw happening in the market. That big dip that happened Wednesday. The S and P was down a whole full percent. Nasdaq was down two percent. I ran my fifty-two week high lists that night, and it was it was down to twenty-five different companies. It had been eighty to a hundred each day, uh, companies on the different exchanges hitting new fifty-two week highs. Shrinks down, and my first thought is, hey, I think all of uh, the weaker companies just got culled from the list. I need to go through this, this these twenty-five companies and 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 see. What's happening news-wise? Nothing. Nothing on, on uh, three or four of them. Tw- about 20, 21 of them had some sort of news as to why, like, okay, this makes sense. Why they're up today. They just had earnings two days ago, and, and it was good. Right. Um, but uh, there were three particular companies that, that I wanted to, to mention. The first, one is, the first one is a Singapore company with a Dutch name, Kulika and Sofa Industries, KLIC, uh, Semiconductors. They stayed at their new 52-week high on Wednesday. On Thursday, they announced they're, they're changing their dividend from $0.12 cents a share to $0.14 cents a share. They were up 4%. Per, 4%. How, uh, what's the price trade net right now? Well, that would be a good thing to have pulled up, wouldn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of dividend change, but what's the? I guess it depends on what the dividend percentage is. 
Uh, annual dividend yield of 1.66%. So that's not a whole lot. I don't know that that would necessarily be a reason for driving that price. Uh, it was a 16% rise in the dividend, but I mean, you're talking about a really small annual yield altogether. I'm, I'm just talking about how if I had at the end of Wednesday looked at my list before the market closed and mm -hmm. I could have bought into this company and made 4% the next day, no problem. You could have. You could have. And there might be some more news coming out somewhere here soon. Dividend raise is more of a, just an indication of how healthy that company is. So, I mean, that's still good news, but I'm not sure that that would justify that big of a price jump. It might be something, what I'm saying is there might be something else going on. Yes, yes, this is very true. Uh, just, just the fact that uh, they were semiconductor, and I've been seeing semiconductors doing so well, they, they were the only semiconductor company on the list on Wednesday. That's the minor one. The two big ones, the first one is Tech Target Incorporated, TTGT. They're a media company. They hit a new 52-week high on uh, the Wednesday dip. Then the very next day, they announced a definitive agreement to acquire Bright Talk, a leading virtual events platform in the enterprise IT market, and their stock went up 18% on Thursday. Wait, why did they go up when all the other ones that I liked, when they acquired something, they went down? Right? Damn you, market. Ridiculous, unintelligible movements. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> People really uh, like that uh, move. It looks like they they did. They they love that move. Uh, and I I didn't maybe maybe I should have looked at what they did Friday. Friday they just kind of shrunk a little bit. They, Wednesday they uh, pre or you know, beginning of the day they they spiked, kind of tapered back down. Then Thursday the deal was announced, and then they jumped. Uh, it's like about eight seven fifty a share, eight dollars a share. Yeah, they closed Wednesday at fifty two twenty nine. They closed Friday at sixty dollars seventeen cents. Uh, and then the last, the last one that uh, that I noticed from Wednesday, and you're right, I should have sent you all of this stuff Wednesday night, but I I always feel like I'm 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 sending you too many texts anyway. So. Well, you can email them. <laughs> oh, that's just insane. Who who emails Grandpa? Well, if you email it, then I know I don't have to answer you right away, and then I feel less obligation. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the last one from Wednesday, and, and, and I'm, I'm going over all this because I really do feel like the lists, that, the, the, the stock screeners and lists that I make uh, on a big dip day like Wednesday was, like I said, 1% in the S&P, 2% in the NASDAQ, the companies that thrive despite the context of a, of, a, of a sinking market, I feel like there's something there. And the ones that do it without any news, really worth attention. And, and had I been on my game... I would have moved into these companies. I did not buy positions in these companies on Wednesday. I was looking at this data after the market closed. Mm. So I, I uh, believe it or not, Friday, because it was dipping, I definitely looked at the data before the market closed and I moved into some positions, but we'll, we'll get there. The last company was CleanSpark Incorporated. They are a software company. Wednesday, they close out the day at 13.09. No news. Next day, Thursday... They announced uh, clean spark shares are trading higher after the company announced it agreed to acquire Bitcoin miner ATL data center for up to 19.4 million shares. And it immediately went up 17.5% uh, Thursday. And then Friday, it opened at 15.91 and got as high as 17.61. Uh, and I, I bought it around 15. Oh no, that got as high as 18.46. Clean spark, CLSK? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, up to 1846 uh, then closed at just under 16. Yeah, I I did move into Clean Spark uh towards the end of Friday uh on the dip and then saw it, mm -hmm. when, when it dipped below uh 1580, I bought some. Okay. Uh that was that was actually my worst trade for Friday. My <laughs> <laughs> My best trade was uh, DFIN, Donnelly Financial. Uh, the, that's the, regardless of the dips. I, I, I just wanted to share that with all of you listeners that uh, when you when you see some stocks standing out on dip days with no news, uh, could be a very good time to move in because the next day, not necessarily two days later, but the next day saw some impressive gains. I have been watching the 52-week high list with options and trying to see Pick the ones without news, and I bought into to Donnelly Financial, DFIN. Uh, still haven't seen any big news for them. 
Canadian financial company, and they're still they're they're just uh, their their volumes up. Uh, they were on the Pickham list. If you go into financialineptitude.com, read the Pickhams. You can read my little write up about it. Uh, basically, seeing high volume, seeing price moving up, seeing no news. Hey Kyle, I know we got some earnings coming up this week. Uh, uh, what, what's on the list? All right, the ones that are uh, that caught my eye that are coming up here. We've got uh, Rite Aid. Uh, General Mills and FedEx on the 17th. Uh, Rite Aid, I'm just curious to see if they're going to see any of that positive uh, momentum that like CVS and some of those other uh, distributors of the vaccine are going to see. Uh, GM, just because they're a big company. Uh, they, uh, Not GM, sorry, General Mills. General Mills. Uh, with all the cereal that they provide. I'm guessing more people are eating cereal. If they're- people are eating at home more. Yeah. Uh, FedEx uh, did fucking amazing last time, uh, and I see no reason why that's not going to continue. You know, nothing's changed in that aspect. Uh, so those three are coming out on the 17th, and then on the 18th we have Nike, who uh, had a really great quarter last uh, last time they reported. Um, I fucked up on that one and traded the opposite way, thinking they were going to drop, forgetting mm-hmm. that everyone was getting an extra $600 to sit at home. So people had more money than ever to spend on shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. for, for shoes, they're not even going to be able to wear to walk anywhere. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the other one on the 18th is Carnival Cruise Line. Uh, that one's more just a curiosity for me. I want to see if they manage to trim out some of the fat. They managed to cut their operating exp- or not operating expenses, I guess I should say. So, right. The interesting thing there is, has the stock fallen enough to take into account for their lack of earnings or are they going to show an even greater lack of earnings than we anticipated? <laughs> How big are their losses? Right. Uh, I think we've seen Royal Caribbean actually start to rebound. Every time the pandemic gets mentioned uh, or the vaccine, anything positive, they, they seem to jump up uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That could be that could be a big one to jump up just based on the fact that we've got vaccines coming in CVS and Walgreens. And it seemed like Carnival's been lagging behind uh, the moves that Royal Caribbean. I think just mm. Royal Caribbean's a better company in general, but um nonetheless I still think it's interesting to keep an eye on. Yes. Uh earnings are always a big opportunity. Uh, generally speaking, there'll be a big movement up or down. Sometimes it's sideways, but usually big movement on an earnings. So we love to pay attention to those and let you know about them. Earnings surprises, I should say. Yeah. So these are the ones that I'm, I'm looking forward to have some surprises one way or the other. Yep. Well, all right. I think my week's wrapped up. Maybe we should move on to some options. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to sold them, know when to walk away. Those calls are done, you never count your money. When you're holding on the contracts, there'll be time enough for counting when the options exercise. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Well, what uh, what has your options trading looked like this week, Kyle? Uh, again, not a whole lot. Uh, Salesforce, I tried buying uh, uh, some more of those uh, $250 calls after it dipped on Thursday. Uh, they expire in March, so I at least bought a lot of time with these ones. Again, it's still a lot more money than I usually like putting into an option. Is that I bought the initial ones at $1050 a contract. Uh, these ones are at $860. Uh, basically double my position, thinking that yeah, if it gets back up to 11 or 12, I can cash them out and make a decent buck on them. But starting to get a little nervous. <laughs> the yeah. stupid stimulus has been affecting this one for some reason. I'm surprised it stayed as low as it has. I've been expecting CRM to bounce back for a while now. I'm thinking it's going to take a couple weeks, so I'm trying to hold strong with it. But I've seen uh, it jump up enough to where I could have traded those out at you know, twelve fifty, make you know, two bucks a contract and that's pretty decent money on option trade. Yeah. But I'm trying to hold strong and see if it follows that same uh, path that AMD took where it took a while but finally, you know, about a month later it started broaching those all time highs again. The other move I made was just exiting out of some of those space calls. Once it hit the point where I could sell off a quarter of them and basically have all the rest of it as profit. Mm-hmm. Felt like that was the time to go ahead and cash some of those out. <laughs> 
I'm uh, really glad I did that based on this Virgin Galactic news. Really mad I didn't sell them out when they were trading at $8 a share Ooh. and then just try to buy them back when it would have tipped again. Yeah. I did try to buy some more in them when it was dipping. Uh, never could get the price I wanted, so uh, just stuck with what I the rest of what I had initially bought. Those expire at the end of next week, so I really need some good news from you know this test flight. It really needs to happen this week for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lose on it. Yeah, you already you already locked in uh, at this point. Like I said, I've already already paid off that, but you know it still sucks to you're losing theoretical dollars, right? You have to cash yeah. it out, so that I always joke about it still hurts. <laughs> and then I had one other trade, and uh, this is confession time here. <laughs> I only did this just to kind of fuck with you. Yep. AMC. After you made that terrible trade, uh, the next day and it bottomed out. I bought some 350 calls at like 36 cents. <laughs> Of course you did. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, those had doubled at one point in value. They're still up about 40% right now. Uh, the more I was seeing that it was tied to stimulus news, I thought, eh, maybe there is something here. <laughs> I didn't put a whole lot into it. I mostly just did it just so I could really just stick that knife in your <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm in your head. Yeah, you're in my head. You've got free real estate right there in my brain. You bastard. <laughs> So yeah, those are those are up thirty seven percent right now. Oh, I will say though that it, it did not make enough yet to pay for that fucking GameStop mistake. So uh, <laughs> you might still have the edge on me. Oh yeah. So and that's that brings us to my options news, which the first thing that I wanted to talk about was I did sell my AMC calls early Monday morning, <laughs> and as soon as I did, I feel like. Maybe hours, within hours of me tra- selling those off, AMC started inching back up. And through the week, they, they're up over four now, by the way. They're up over $4 yeah. a share, those, those sons of a bitches. So, so I, I, guess, I guess I was correct in my initial assumption of this dip is too big. They're going to bounce back. But my timing and execution was terrible. And just out of spite... Kyle executes at the right time and, <laughs> and makes a profit. Oh, salt in the wound. Ah! Haven't sold them yet, so they're still not profitable yet. I'll have to see what it's happens true. next it's week. true. But you know what? That's not, that's not all. My options trading, as you know, traditionally, I've been a bad options trader. I've done nothing but lose money on options. Even and and as AMC will show you, it, my timing is just is really terrible. It's not necessarily that I have a terrible terrible idea. I just execute it so poorly. And I spent two months losing money betting against the market, saying market's going to go down. Market's going to go down. And I just lost and lost and lost. So now I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to bet the market's going to go up. Well, this week was terrible. My, my, my puts on the S&P bear fund, I should, I'll just call it my calls on the market. Yeah, let's just simplify that. <laughs> got crushed this week. I have been ground. What, what did Elon Musk call it? Yeah, I am the souffle underneath the sledgehammer. <laughs> I saw... My my the value of my options go from ten cents down to I think two or three cents right now oh, as we talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the worst part is when it dipped down to five, I doubled down and bought a ton oh, more. No. I bought a ton more. I was like, okay, piece of cake. I got this. I I have some money, some cash sitting in here. Five cents. Oh, that's a bargain deal. Yeah, yeah, give me, give, give me more, give me more, give me more. Oh, yeah, that's really hurting. So when do those expire? They expire the 18th, this Friday. I, I've got five trading days. Oh, so you have till Friday. You still got five, or yeah, you still got five trading days to have some stimulus happen. How strongly do you feel about that bet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel strongly at all. I don't think McConnell and Pelosi are even going to do hand stuff together. There's not going to be any stimulus. You heard it here first. You, you heard it here first, folks. There's no stimulus because stimulus would mean I would make money on options. And that apparently is not a thing that's possible in this universe. Well, that's our theme, isn't it? Do the opposite. You'll make some money. Yeah, you folks, you, you should listen very closely during the options segment. Whatever I say I'm putting money into, do the opposite and uh, uh, you will be fine. 
just fine. Uh, that that about sums up my option stuff, and, unless you wanted to talk about uh, options alerts. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot other than uh, Activision was one that was kind of interesting to me, uh, seeing uh, an alert pop up on, I think it was Thursday. Um, what was interesting about Activision was the records that they're basically smashing with the, the World of Warcraft update that they just put out. Mm. Uh, we're gonna get, we're not gonna get a whole, uh, you know, too nerdy here and start talking about World of Warcraft as a game, but uh, it does, it is something that you should pay attention to because it makes a lot of fucking money. <laughs> oh yeah. The the subscription model that Activision uses is setting them up to to have a really strong quarter coming up here, and then uh, couple that with the November uh, Call of Duty release that they just had. I, I got some high hopes for Activision. I have a bunch of long positions in that from before we started doing this whole thing, but I'm going to start looking uh, really closely at some, some calls maybe a few months out to try to capture that next earnings statement uh, and see where it goes. It was trading at about 83, uh, I think, uh, as of Friday. But that's that's one that I'm keeping my eye on right now. I actually saw a few options calls that I thought were interesting on Wednesday. Um, somebody bought almost 20,000 uh, calls on NEO, NIO, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, with a strike price of $45. And uh, then a bunch of uh, Tesla calls, 37,000 of them, Ooh. just with a strike price of uh, wow. $700. Those are expensive. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the couple other things on there. Uh, they bought, I think on Wednesday, they somebody bought uh, 17,000 uh, GameStop puts. Falling <laughs> <laughs> right in line. Uh. <laughs> oh, you're in my head now. <laughs> yup. Uh, and then the last one I wanted to mention was CHWY Chewy. Uh, and I don't have the business, mm-hmm. the company details up in front of me. Uh, but they have been on my list a couple times this week, uh, breaking new 52 week highs. Somebody uh, bought a bunch oh. of calls on those uh, for $80 a share. Well, they make candy bars or something? Oh, Internet Direct Marketing Retail. Uh, let's see. Private label pet food and grooming supplies. Pet food, yeah. So it's online pet food. Okay. And they're, they're already at 85. So somebody's doing all right. <laughs> they had a big day on Friday. Yes, yes, they're back on my list. Well, they just had earnings and reported an increase in customers, so that's probably why. They reported earnings on the 8th. So company like CHWY, Chewy, they're e-commerce, so just like Farfetch LTD, they're not as susceptible to any of the lockdown news. Uh, If you look at their one-year chart, they were up in, in towards the end of February. They were they were around thirty dollars. Uh, middle of March, they only dipped down to like twenty six. That was their low point of the year. Or sorry, twenty two. They're one of those ones that benefits from the uh, the lockdowns because you know people still need to get pet food. They don't want to go out and get it. Someone whose business model is basically letting you order it online, delivering it to you. And and so so this particular company, if you look at their one year chart, they've they've seen nothing. But growth. I mean, sure, there's a lot of ups and downs, but long term, you know, like I said, their low was twenty two dollars in March, uh, and now they're at eighty five. So they're they're doing good. The fact that there was some uh, there was an options alert leads me to believe that uh, somebody else out there is also betting that they're going to continue doing good. I'll have to put them on my watch list. That's a good one to keep an eye on. Okay. Uh, that brings us to uh, probably the end of the options. Uh, you know what time it is? <laughs> that is it oh yep dan what's your good for the week my good uh was your virgin galactic bet because i bought shares <laughs> <laughs> oh we've been doing this long enough to where we, when you when you lay it all out like that i'm like oh well that's that bet sounds pretty darn good. I bought I bought shares uh, and and watched them go up. I wish I'd sold them at twenty percent. We've talked before about. I always have in my mm-hmm. head this idea like I should have a cutoff where it hit, if it hits a certain profit, like just sell out. And and I, I would have done good. I didn't do that on there. This one, this one, I actually set a stop loss to sell out 
so that I would lock in 10% gains on my trade. And I mm -hmm. did do that. Uh, and so I felt pretty good about that because number one, it was, it was your bet. It wasn't even anything I was paying attention to. I just took the information you gave me. <laughs> uh, and the fact that I managed to set that stop loss to sell out uh, and yeah. then I avoided avoided some of the downturns. If I buy in Monday, unless there's big action uh, upward, I have a feeling it's going to go down because of this test flight. I'm going to buy back in again Monday on the dip and make make some more money off it. I, if it dips on Monday, I'm definitely buying back in too. <laughs> uh, that's funny that you used my my pick for your good because uh, my good is definitely going to be uh, the AMC calls. <laughs> and I'm only putting it on there just to mess with you. <laughs> Yeah, forty percent return oh. almost uh, on on a mistake that you made. The crazy thing is, is, is if I had kept those calls, I would want to use that as my good, exactly like you called last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we're probably both in agreement for the bad. I think we both have the same one, but I got to use that GameStop trade. GameStop, yes. Uh, God damn it, getting sucked into you. I think you made the same bet, too. Yeah, yep, yep. I, I, that's it. That is my bet as well. GameStop uh, losing money on their not hitting their earnings call as well as they should have. I, I don't know what's, what's wrong with companies <laughs> that don't fudge the numbers for a good earnings call, but yeah, their earnings weren't as good as I, I had anticipated. Yeah, what do you have for your ugly? The, the stimulus, hands down. The stimulus seesaw crushed my options trading, and I've lost a significant amount of money this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was mine, too, so it uh, looks like we're in agreement almost across the board here. Oh, that's that's great. Does that mean that we both drew our guns and fired at each other and our bullets hit midair? Uh, not quite. Okay. <laughs> not, not quite. We Our goods were a little different. Not quite the same page. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so... so glancing bullets <laughs> kyle are you prepared to make a new bet on next week i am almost there i've got uh three stocks uh that i'm trying still trying to choose between i haven't been able to to make a decision on that so i'll let you go first while i do some quick research uh behind the scenes okay well i don't mind telling you i'm pretty excited because i feel like i've got a bet pick uh, while it won't go up the 100% I need to catch up with you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, let me, let me just tell you, that's, that's hard to do. <laughs> let me pick a yeah. stock that's going to go up 100% <laughs> next week. I do feel like that I am picking a stock that will see some incredible movement next week. And that stock is Platinum Group Metals, LTD. I know I, I'm a metalhead. I can't get metals off my mind i really think uh, they're they're the thing that's going to do it uh and it's it's mm -hmm. not and, and and this isn't talking like the gold inflation hedge that we're talking about with uh, scott from tucson this is uh platinum metal groups they they not only do platinum which is the price is getting higher uh against gold it's, it's moving up uh, but they do uh, a lot of those metals that go into the batteries for electric vehicles mm -hmm. And they, they're, they're a small-cap Canadian company. They're hitting 52-week highs this week. They're seeing incredible volume increases on purchases. And there is no news to back up this volume. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, let me look at it real quick. Yeah, Monday, I, their average volume was at uh, 1.7 million the volume Monday was 10.62 million. Volume Tuesday was 13 million. Volume Wednesday was 7 million. Volume Thursday was 6 million. Volume Friday was 12 million. No news. So I am. To throw some money in that one too. Going all in. Platinum Metal Groups. Sorry, Platinum Group Metals LTD, PLG. That's my bet. Final answer. And I too. I'm actually kicking myself because I forgot to put it on the watch list uh, of the stocks that I was going to move into Friday. So Friday market closes, and then and then I started going through all the stuff for the show, and I was like, wait, ah, oh, I forgot to buy Platinum Group medals. What am I doing? Ah! Uh, <laughs> but I'm still going to try and move in on them on Monday. Right now, they're at $5.68 a share. 
if if they announce something like a new mine that they've got that that they just found a big vein of metals, this this stock mm. could shoot 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 right up. Uh, so yeah. so yeah, that's my bet. PLG. All right, uh, it's decision time. Here. Can I split mine between two? <laughs> I have to pick one. Um, I mean, I'll stick. With, I, I'll stick I, think, I don't th- stick with one. I I personally, um, I'm not a, I'm not against the idea of like you should be able to do whatever you want, but I think the bet needs to focus on you're, you're picking one. Yeah, that's yeah. what makes it fun. All right, all right, then. Uh, fuck, I still can't. I'm going to go with FedEx then. Um, I'm still good looking at uh, Activision. There is a lot of uh, activity in the uh, December 83 calls. I think those expire on the 18th. So kind of torn between choosing between those. But Activision's already trading at 83. So I'm not sure how much higher it would have to be. I don't know what the premium was that these people were purchasing at to know how much higher it would have to get for them to be able to mm. you know, have turned a profit on that. But FedEx uh, is down a little bit. I don't think it's going to be, you know, the same 20% that I've been seeing, um, you know, the last few of these bets. But uh, they've got earnings coming up on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, that's what I have written now. 12-17. FedEx, the 17th. 12-17, yeah, Thursday. So they've, they've dropped a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to run up in anticipation of this because the thing that drove them to... to, to uh, report those fucking amazing earnings last time hasn't changed. People are still at home. People are still shipping packages, uh, mm-hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff that people are ordering from home. Uh, there's also, the, I think what's going to sway me is uh, what you're telling me before we started doing this call was that uh, FedEx has actually been starting to tell some of their people that they're only going to take so many packages from them. And if that's the case, yes. and if they're at capacity, uh, I just don't see how they can't have a fucking amazing report. Yeah, yeah. There's no way FedEx would say to Amazon, their biggest business-to-business customer, like, "Look, slow down on the packages. We can only handle so many." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you don't you don't say that <laughs> without reason. <laughs> well, it's a little pricier than what we usually like to use for these bets, but it closed at two eighty nine forty seven. Uh, I think that's going to run up up until those earnings, and when those earnings come out, I think it's just going to jump again. Uh, 52 week high is sitting at 305.66. I'm guessing it's going to uh, break out past that point. I can't imagine their sales missing their numbers. No, the question is going to be how much of that is already being bought into it. But the fact that it, you know, is actually starting to drop again uh, makes me that makes it a lot more enticing to me to try to purchase into it. Well, you know, I've started purchasing into to both our bets. <laughs> so mm-hmm. oh, I've been doing the same. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely I, I, I skipped in. out on your index fund because I didn't think that that I didn't think you're going to see a whole lot of movement on that one. So I definitely put more of it into my Virgin Galactic, but uh, I had been buying into yours too. <laughs> you know, the index fund. I tried to pick a safe choice, and the fact that it, it, the only reason that index fund wasn't up four or five percent for the week was those stupid Wednesday Friday dips. Uh, that killed it. It it even so, even with those dips, it was up one percent. But I think uh, uh, yep. I think the highest it got because I bought it Monday morning pre market. The highest I had it, it was it was pushing four percent. Uh, I still yep. st- I still stand beso- behind XME as a long term thing. It is in my long term portfolio, or so I, should, I should say my medium term portfolio. But anyway, yeah, right, it, yeah. It, I tried to go safe with an ETF. It was safe. I went up one percent, but the bet isn't about safe. No, the bet is about making the most you can as quickly as possible and embarrassing the other guy. Yep, and uh, I sure feel embarrassed. <laughs> but not next week. Platinum Metals is gonna crush FedEx. Anyway. All right, I think that <laughs> I think we did it. I think we Woo! had another successful one here. Another great show today, folks. Stay, thanks for staying with us through all of it. We we love you and uh, we. We'd love to hear from you. As always, you know, you can reach out to us uh, at the emails, twobulls at financialineptitude.com, and the, the phone number, 725-22-BULLS. Kyle, you got anything else before we go? Uh, tell your friends. Yes, tell your friends how much uh, fun you have listening to us talk about the money we lose. 
Uh, all right folks we'll 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 see you next week take care have great trading goodbye two bulls in a china shop is an entertainment program and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.